This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our locked on rooms. And now, on with the show. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Oh, there goes my voice again. And welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. On today's episode, which is being dropped on Friday, the 9th day of July, this is our last episode before the All-Star break, although I think I may post one on Sunday because that's kind of how I'm wired. But I'm bringing in Aram Lighton, who is the host of Locked On Marlins and Locked On MLB Prospects. We're going to take a look about the MLB draft that's coming up. You can follow us on the free and easy-to-use Odyssey app. And when you're staying at home or in your car and you got a smart device, be sure to tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On Fantasy Baseball with Scott Cullen. And hey, why not Locked On MLB Prospects with Aram Lighton or Locked On Marlins with Aram Lighton? Why not? They're all there. They're all good. Hey, you can follow us on Twitter, Locked On MLB Pod. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Welcome back to the show, Aram Lighton. Been looking forward to having you. We've been playing a little bit of email tag to get you back on here, but I think now is the ideal time to get you on the show. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. I'm glad we we're able to work it out. It's been a little bit crazy on my end. I know you're a busy guy as well, so I'm glad we were able to uh, sync up here. I'm excited. Yeah, well, the staff at Locked On MLB was works round the clock and to, to make sure that these are booked properly and produced properly. I'm going to pull one thing, the curtain back just for a second. When I did the old Sully Baseball podcast for years and years and years, I used to say the staff here at Sully Baseball is hard at work. The staff here at Sully Baseball is doing research. And someone wrote me an email saying, is there a way I can apply to be part of the staff? And I was like, dude, I'm you don't want to do that. Dude, I'm joking. <laughs> it's me. It's just me. It's not, I'm not a corporation here. But hey, good compliment though. I know. Hey, he, he thought my, my haphazard, uh, completely unorganized way of working was, uh, I guess, organized. I don't know. Well, speaking of organization, let's get right to it because the MLB draft is coming up. And while it is not as sexy as the NBA or NFL draft, because those are players who pretty much go right into the main, the, the main league and they get a lot more exposure because of college basketball and college football. The MLB draft is just as vital for teams to build up their franchise and to Absolutely. lay down the foundations. And a really good draft can create a terrific farm system and a really lousy draft can really, really haunt a team. Absolutely. I mean, I think the Yankees serve as a great example of what can happen when you draft poorly. You, you can spend your way out of some situations. You can make some good trades and Cashman has, but when you don't draft, you're always just trying to chase your own tail. And uh, I like this draft because for the one reason you mentioned, 
yeah, you usually don't see the guys you select for a while, but this draft has some more popular names, at least that we've seen on ESPN a bit more that have been more marketable, like a Jack Leiter, like a Kumar Rocker. And seeing where those guys are going to go, I think will be a bit more fun and a little bit more interesting. And I'm glad they're doing it on All-Star Weekend now. Clearly, they're trying to drum up a little bit more excitement around it, which is, it, it seems like this should have been done a while ago, but we should just celebrate that it's being done because I think it's going to make it a little bit more exciting, at least, especially for the kids too. The Pirates have the first pick in the draft. <laughs> now, for most of the year building up to the I guess you know the Omaha College World Series and everything it seemed like Jack Leiter who was who's the son of Al Leiter am I right he's Al Leiter's son he's not Mark Leiter's son uh that Jack Leiter from Vanderbilt looked like he was the top prospect but now it looks like the Pirates are leaning towards a high school student from California, which is really weird for me because my sons are high school students in California. So I'm like, God, I wonder what round my kids are going to be drafted in. But uh, Marcello Mayer, is that it? Marcello Mayer is a shortstop. Yeah, Marcello Mayer. Marcello Mayer, look at There you go. I didn't even pronounce his name. but So he is projected by a bunch of the people, uh, at least from Fangraphs. Who do you have in your mock draft going number one overall? Yeah, I got Meyer. Um, mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that the more he's had an opportunity to to showcase what he can do, because again, like you mentioned, we're talking about high schoolers versus college kids and lighter. I have to spoil it. I have him going number two. I think lighter is the best pitching prospect in this class. And, and he's on a different level than everybody else. But when you're a team like the Pirates, you talk about being stagnant. Uh, you need a franchise-altering player. And that's not to say that Jack Leiter is not going to be a frontline starter, but you need that franchise cornerstone shortstop. And you're hoping that Marcelo Meyer is going to be one of the best players in baseball. Like, that's the hope. I mean, that's a lofty expectation, but sorry, that's what comes with going number one overall. And he's the guy that does it all. I I really don't think that there's a more well-rounded prospect uh, from what I've seen, from what I'm hearing and, and everything we've seen with this kid smooth swing, easy power, can play defense. He just seems like that player that you can dream on exponentially. And I think that's why the Pirates have to go with that just endless ceiling type of option. They're not here to go for high floor guys. They, they need to hit a home run. And Marcelo Meyer is a good balance of still giving you a good shot of being a good big leaguer while also not compromising that boundless ceiling. Yeah, I mean, when you go through some of the uh... – some of the players who have been the number one pick overall, you have had some stars and some all-stars to be sure. Ken Griffey Jr. is probably the greatest number one overall pick of all time. A-Rod is going to be right up there. And there's, there are some players who've had, you know, wonderful careers. Joe Maurer had a wonderful career. David Price has had a wonderful career. Strasburg has had a wonderful career. Carlos Correa. And then you have, some massive swings and misses. I mean, Brian Bullington was a number one pick overall by the Pirates in 2002. I've got that card somewhere. (laughs) Tim Beckham was drafted instead of Buster Posey by the Tampa Bay Rays. That's just a big, big whiff. And of course, the saddest one to me is Brian Taylor, who of course broke his hand in a bar fight. And if you had told me in 1991 that the Yankees were going to go on a run of winning championships by 1996, I would have assumed it was because Brian Taylor became the ace of the staff and not that 
I would be tied with Brian Taylor in every single major league category. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I actually did a dive into Taylor not too long ago. And just because I, w- I was just going down that rabbit hole of number one picks because it's a fun one. Yeah. And I was just so shocked. At, I watched old video and I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, my gosh, now I understand why everybody was talking about this guy to the degree that they were. He was as can't miss as, as you can find him. We'll never know because I think he also messed up his shoulder, whatever it was, yeah. he just never recovered from it. And those are the things that go into it too, right? That's why you got to look into these guys from every aspect. And maybe it, maybe it wasn't his fault, but like it's, it's, there's so many fluky things that just come with the territory and, it, and it's scary, but you can only control so much. And uh, it, it's, I always wonder now after I read about, read up on Taylor, what he could have been. And it's a shame when it's guys like that, that don't even get a chance to really try to reach their ceiling and it's just really cut short there. And that's the crazy thing about the stigma of the number one pick. I've Mm -hmm. talked to players before that were in that conversation of number one. And they'll, they'll even say like, yeah, I don't care if I go two, then I don't have to hear about it as much. Like that, that's a legitimate perspective by some players. It's not like this glorified thing. Like I'm number one. This is what I want to be. There's a lot of, a lot of attention that comes with that territory and a lot of ominous, just, I don't know how to describe it, but there, there's a shadow over being the number one overall pick. It's like, you better not mess up. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that, and the fact is that there's some players who are the number one overall pick who had fine careers, but weren't superstars. Like, you exactly. know, Floyd Bannister had a fine career. There's no shame in the career that Floyd Bannister or Mike Moore or Sean Dunstan or BJ Surhoff or Andy Bennis or Phil Nevin or Darren Erstad had. And now Dansby Swanson, even it's like, he's a good player. Justin, Justin Upton's been a good player. He's had a couple of very good years, but there is that sense of, he was not the Ken Griffey Jr. Barry Bonds type to turn the team around. And and you have a, a, a smattering of hall of famers, whether or not you agree with Harold Baines being in the hall of fame or not. Uh, he did have a fantastic career. I mean, there's no, whether you think he's a hall of famer or not. I mean, he had a wonderful long career and was a really solid player for several decades, obviously Griffey jr. And Chipper Jones, Chipper Jones, by the way, is my favorite story around a number one pick because Todd Van Poppel was considered to be the consensus superstar of that draft. And it became clear that he was going to commit to the university of Texas and so the Atlanta Braves decide to draft Chipper Jones and the A's, because they had a bunch of picks because they lost a bunch of free agents, decided to just take a flyer to use one of their picks on Van Poppel and they signed him. And I remember a lot of people saying it's so unfair that the defending champion A's got Van Poppel and the Braves got stuck with this subpar prospect in Chipper Jones. Yeah. And isn't it wild how that stuff works out? And, and that's something that in this draft, I still think we're going to see where it's the component of underslotting earlier in the first round than I think some people may think. And I, I really believe that the Orioles are going to do the same thing again this year and underslot at number five. And people are going to be like, what the hell did they just do? Uh, but that seems to be their mold. And, and I do think they're going to do it again this year. So it should be interesting. Explain to people what underslotting means. So every pick is assigned a value of what, MLB decides the number five overall pick is worth, I don't have it in front of me, but let's say it's, you know, $6.2 million. That's what Mm -hmm. they decided that year based on whatever the uh, math is on how they do it. So all of your picks combined, 
with each slot value of the fifth overall pick and then the second round and the third round, all of your picks combined, you have a bonus pool and you can allocate that bonus pool however you want. So I could technically offer a maximum bonus to my first overall pick and then uh, go low end bonuses to everybody else. And those players have the right when I call them before and say, Hey, I want to take you in the second round here. We want to give you 20 grand. They can say, take a hike. Uh, and, and that's part of the problem I have with baseball's draft is that you're a college senior. What do you do? What do you do when they tell you, Hey, we're going to take you in the 10th round. Here's 10 grand. You're going to say, no, you have no choice. And that's part of the problem with it, but it also does afford the opportunity to be creative. And that's exactly what the Orioles do because they underslot somebody. They take somebody fifth overall, let's say that was probably going to go 15th. So they say, how about we give you a little bit more money than you would have got at 15 and you sign with us with the fifth pick, then they can go back in the late first round or in the second round, if they have a comp pick or whatever it is and offer somebody a little bit more money and say, turn down everybody else. We're going to give you this money or go to a high school kid like Van Poppel and say, I know you were expecting to go number one, but what if we give you number one overall pick money to sign with us at the 18th overall pick? And that's what teams are able to do now and get creative with that. And some teams utilize that more than others, but I think that's something that's going to be interesting to be talked about in the CBA. By the way, I think it's really interesting that the Houston Astros had the number one over pick in three straight years. And shortly after that period of time, they went on a roll where they were constantly either in the World Series or in the League Championship Series. And yet only one of those three number one picks really had any impact on the team. You know, they picked Correa, Appel, and Brady Aiken. And I believe Brady Aiken was included in the deal that brought over, um, I think it was a, I think they traded him to the Phillies for, um, uh, I, I may be wrong. I may be They thinking. never signed Aiken, actually. Oh, they didn't sign Aiken. Okay. Well, then there was another big, uh, okay, that's right. Because he was like, then was it Appel? Did they sign Appel? Yeah, Appel uh, is uh, now actually with the Phillies. Okay, yeah, the, Appel, okay, the, I got him confused. I got him confused. So, yeah, Appel was uh, uh, traded in the Ken Giles trade. That's what it yeah. was. I, I got, I'm sorry, I got Mark Appel and Brady Aiken uh, confused. I, Understandably, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> both of them really struggled. And, and the Aiken story was he had a bad physical where there was a partial tear in his UCL and that was after the draft and the Astros said, Hey, okay, we'll still take you, but here's half of the money that you were going to get. And he said, no way. Went to IMG Academy was not looking much better. Went 18th, I believe overall. And he's just not been good since. So that's just, there's so much, like there's so many complex components to a draft. And I think that's why we see the theories around it change a lot. And, And one of the biggest narratives too, is high school catchers, high school catchers, have the worst track record in mm-hmm. terms of drafting that you, like, you could imagine. However bad you think it is, it's worse. <laughs> if you do the digging, it's unbelievable. And this year, I don't think there's going to be a high school catcher besides one guy that gets selected in the top 20 picks. But that one guy to me is the type of dude that could start to break the stigma. Um, and that's Harry Ford because he's the most athletic short He's a high schooler, North Cobb High School in Georgia. And he's a plus runner, plus, plus power. And usually you have the concern of like, okay, well, if he's not a, if he can't really hit then, or if he's not a great catcher, then we're in trouble, but this guy can fall back on center field. 
So yeah. I'm interested. That's one of my guys that I really am excited to watch and see where he goes because you have an athletic catcher that's a bit of a unicorn. And if it doesn't work behind the dish, he can fall back on center field or shortstop or second base. And uh, that might be the one guy that breaks that stigma because people will say, okay, well, if he doesn't work out behind the dish, well, we can put him somewhere else. And that's the interesting thing is who's going to be willing to try to break through some of those narratives, some of those fears. Uh, and, and that's where some teams like the Rays t- tend to do well, because they do things that not a lot of other teams do. Um, and that's why I love watching every draft to see which teams try to disrupt that narrative and try to use it in their favor to get more value in a certain pick than uh, some other teams may overlook some players that are better than they are where they're selected. And you're bringing up some of the stuff about how the, teams can kind of screw over a high school or a college senior knowing that they nowhere else to go. And if they can't offer more money because they may go above the slot, I think one thing that they could do is to say, here, here's like $20,000 and we are going to get you some built bars because built bars are the best tasting protein bars out there. And they could say, Hey, Hey, we know you're a number one pick. You're expecting big money. We can throw in the limited time flavor built grasshopper cookie. It's available this week. It's got the new built bar flavor grasshopper cookie. What does it taste like? It does not taste like grasshoppers. This is built bars version of the classic thin mint cookie right there. The player's going to sign on the dotted line because it's got all the flavor without that sugar. They could say, well, wait a minute. I want a choice. I want to have a free agent. So do you what? We're going to offer you a choice, whether it's coconut, cherry, barcia, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies, and cream, German chocolate, or your pal Sully's favorite, which is raspberry. And said, all right, all right. I'm an athlete. I said, don't worry. They're healthy for you. And check it out. They can have 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only four or five grams sugar, four or five grams of net carb. They're terrific. You sign on the dotted line, they'll throw in an extra grasshopper cookie or maybe raspberry, whatever they want. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that neat? Offer. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. All right, we're here with Aaron Lighton. We're hawking Built Bars. That was one of the most impressive transitions I've seen into an ad. You had me. I had no idea. Look at this. I'm good. I'm good. You see, my draft report, I can. that's deception right there. Okay, let's go through your you, – so you have Mayer, uh, number one. I'm saying it right, right? Yeah, Marcelo Meyer. Okay, Meyer, Marcelo Meyer. You have Jack Leiter. Uh, Tom, Clancy's, Tom Clancy's Jack Leiter is going to Texas Rangers. All right, who do you have going number three? So this might surprise people because I think a lot of people are thinking Jordan Lawler, which is another really talented high school shortstop. I have Khalil Watson, and it's another high school shortstop, Wake Forest High School. And this guy, we talk about – what, what Meyer's able to do. And he's so well-rounded Khalil Watson, in my opinion, has the best swing in the draft. And he is also one of the best athletes has ridiculous power, left-handed swings. So smooth. He's probably my favorite player in this draft, just in terms of guys to watch and just the way he approaches the game and just, just a hard nose type of player. And I think the bat is just too, too special. There are some questions as to whether he can stay at short. And that's always something that comes up. Right. But another guy that's so athletic that, 
I think you have to take a chance on him. He's you're betting on the bat and the Tigers, but they're another team where they just need guys that can hit and they just need players that can slot into that lineup. Cause right now you look at the major league lineup, there's not that many dudes on that team where you look at them and you're like, okay, they're going to be here in two years, three years. Right. And they, they have Torkelson, they have Riley green. You need another guy. If he sticks to shortstop, that's a great bonus. If not, I really believe in the bat. And I think that's the best value bat you can get there. And that's the guy for me with the Tigers. I think he can stick it short, but if he can't, he's going to be more than a good enough center fielder. And, and I'm a big fan of Khalil Watson. Okay, Khalil Watson, you have going to the Detroit Tigers. I have the Fangrass mock draft, and they have him going at uh, number eight to Colorado. Wow. They ha- um, now, this is a very intriguing draft. At number four, you have the Boston Red Sox, who are very, very high up on the draft. And if they use this pick correctly, they're a team that's already obviously a contender right now, and they can insert a player who could either A, be a foundational player that they develop over the next bunch of years or B have it be someone who can make an impact almost right away. What do you see them doing? Yeah. And that's a great point. You could almost look at the Kumar rocker idea and say, well, maybe he slots into your bullpen down the stretch, right? He's got two pitches right now and he could slot in there, but I think the Red Sox, they look at their team at the big league level. And I think they feel confident with what they've got. What they don't have is a great farm system. And that's where, I think they need to go with a high ceiling guy, but still while acknowledging what you've said, right? Their window to win a championship, even if it's not this year, they're looking to win in the next three to four years with the talent that they have. And they're hoping to get somebody that'll be up there in the next two years. To me, that's Henry Davis, Henry Davis, catcher out of Louisville. I think that that's the pick. He's, he's a guy that I was even floating potentially as a potential number one overall pick, just because of what he has done with the bat on top of what he's able to do behind the dish. He's, by far one of the best, or I'd probably say the best defensive catcher in the country that we saw just a rocket for an arm. And then all of a sudden this year put up numbers that were competitive with what Adley Rutschman did in his seasons and with Joey Bart. So those guys were consensus, number one, number two, overall picks. Why is Henry Davis not in that conversation? Well, now he is. And I think for even then I wouldn't, I'd be shocked if he falls beyond there. He walked more than he struck out. He hit for average. He hit for power. The defense is there. It's like, what, what else do you want? I don't think you're going to find a better player at number four there. And he still fits that timeline of, I think he can climb pretty quickly. And I don't see a lot of holes in his game. You're going to have a hard time poking a hole in his game. Yeah. The Fangrass has the same pick. Me with zero research. I had Sal Freilich there just because I like the guy from Boston College being a star with the Red Sox. That would be awesome. That's the entire reason, which is why you don't want me running your farm system. Okay, number five, you have the Baltimore Orioles, a team that, uh, I'll say it, they swung and missed with the Manny Machado trade. They they should have traded him the year before when he had more value, and the players they got from are producing exactly gotch for him right now. Uh, they need to build up their farm system. They seem to have s- some talent in there, but with this high a pick, this could be a chance to maybe get one of the players who some people had projected at number one may have fallen down the draft for money reasons or whatever. What are they going to do with this, which is a critical pick for this team? So I'll tell you what they should do. And then I'll tell you what I think they do because there's going to be two <laughs> different things. <laughs> Says what a they, lot about the Orioles organization that you got to break it down like that. Yeah. And what they, they've, they've 
done a great job. I mean, it's hard to miss on the number one pick when you draft Adley Rutschman, right? But I, I love Adley. I love Grayson Rodriguez as well. That was a later first round pick that they hit on, but you you've, you hit the nail on the head. They've made a, a bunch of mistakes. And I, right here, I would go Jordan Lawler. And there's some rumblings that there, it's not impossible that Lawler goes to Vanderbilt. So that could throw a wrench in the Orioles plan if he's a guy that's like wanting exact slot value or more. That's why I don't think they're going to do it. What I think they're going to do is go with a guy named Colton Kowser. And I promise you I'll be the only mock draft in the world, I think, that has Colton Kowser going five. But how many mock drafts had uh, the Orioles taking uh, number two overall, uh, Heston Kerstad, last year, right? Mm -hmm. I think they're going to do the same damn thing this year. And Colton Kowser, nothing against him. He's from Sam Houston State. He's really talented, has all of the potential, but not enough track record. I just don't know if I'm taking that guy in the top five just because I need I need to see more, right? If you're going top five, you want to see a guy that's done it for a while or has a ridiculously boundless ceiling. I think a lot of people are going to say, what the hell? When he gets picks, I, I really think they're going to do it, but I might be wrong. Uh, but he is still a really solid bat that it's not like you're doing something insane. It's kind of similar to Kerstad where – it's a reach, but he's a talented player with a decent ceiling and you're going to save some money on the pick here. And I think they're going to go over slot on the second one. Uh, I just, I just have an inclination that that's what the Orioles are going to do here. Do you fan grass has them picking at number five? Not at nine. I honestly don't know. Colton Kowser. Sam no Houston way. State. Yep. I was going to say, you're the, you're not going to see another mock draft. Really? It's on my screen right in front of me. All right. That honestly makes me feel better. Cause I was like saying, like, before you freak out on me, like I'm acknowledging that this is crazy, but well, maybe it's it, not so crazy. Well, you may be right. You may be crazy. And do you want, maybe it's a lunatic that mock drafts are looking for. We got Arizona going up at number six, by the way, Fangrass has Jordan Lawler at number six. So they're right along with you that, Colton Kowser and Jordan Lawler would be available and probably highly sought after on these two spots. Now, who do you have the D-backs picking? I love this simultaneous fan graphs because I haven't seen it yet. So I love hearing like where, where I'm right. at compared to that. Look at that. But, you're, 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 you're lining up with them. <laughs> that's great. I, so the D-backs, they're another team where I actually like the bats in their system and you, you draft best player available. I always say that. Right. But mm -hmm. The D-backs do a really good job of developing arms. And I think they're going to see a guy like Kumar Rocker and just say, my goodness, he he's, looks like he was created in a lab, right? He's just a physical specimen. He's a great athlete. His dad was a football player and, and they do a good job with arms. I think they're going to look at him and say, we're going to take that guy to the next level. Uh, I think they go with Kumar at number six and they're going to be really happy that he, he fell to them there. And uh, I think that's the right pick. Uh, I would be surprised if he goes before there, but Given what I've seen, I think that's the right spot for them. The D-backs have, like I said, have the track record of developing arms. They've got good bats in their system. I have my questions about Rocker's long-term capabilities in terms of being a starter. I have a little bit of a concern about his lack of third pitch, a little bit of effort in his delivery. I saw him in Omaha, and look, he, he, he has the best breaking ball in the draft. But at the same time, he makes a lot of non-competitive pitches, and that might turn some teams off. But the D-backs are going to look at him, and they have supreme confidence in their ability to, to develop arms, and I think they're going to bet on Rocker. All right. So, okay, that's, you got the, they have Jordan Lawler going there. So uh, let's go to the Royals, number seven. This is my probably most underrated uh, bat, I think, high school bat in this draft, and it's, it's Brady House. Brady House at number seven. The Royals, they've got tons of pitching in their system, uh, tons of it. And it's been struggling a little bit this year, but I still believe in a lot of those arms. And even at the big league level, they're, they're pretty set pitching wise. 
they need some help with the bats in the system there. They need a guy that can alter their franchise and you're going to run out of those types of dudes. Once you start getting to the late back 10, at least dudes that project like that, they love. And I think Brady house is a feasible 35 home run guy. If he's able to hit enough and tap into it, he, he really has one of the best bats of his high school class outside of the shortstops. And I think as they look to build their infield, they've got Bobby Witt jr. At shortstop, you get this big bodied third baseman with plus plus power. I think Brady house is the pick at seven. Now, just so Fangrass has Brady House going number three overall to the Detroit wow. Tigers. And they have, uh, Fangrass has the Royals. They're basically saying what you said, but they said if Kumar Rocker is available there, they'd be crazy not to just gobble him up. Number eight is the Colorado Rockies. That's that's where it gets interesting. I think the <laughs> Rockies, you, you got to go with an arm. You, you, the, but the Rockies, we talk about, teams that just don't make sense in terms mm-hmm. of the decisions they make. The Rockies might be one of the most inept franchises in sports. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but they really are. So I, I could see them doing something insane and just drafting a random bat, but realistically they go with an arm and I think it's going to be Jackson Job. And Job is a high school arm out of heritage hall, high school, uh, nasty, nasty stuff. And you need a guy as crazy as it sounds. The Rockies, at altitude, right? It's really hard to develop pitchers. It's right. really hard. And we see that. I mean, their only legitimate, legitimate frontline type of starter is, is Herman Marquez. And he's been spectacular. Vertical movement is affected a lot by the altitude. Horizontal movement, not as much. So they're looking for specific type of guys that'll be able to pitch at altitude. And Job has really good stuff that I think will play up well and the altitude won't be affected as much. I'd be pissed if I was a pitcher drafted by the Rockies, but uh, they'd be the first team that I think would take Job and a big right-handed pitcher with great stuff. I think that's the pick for them. And uh, he would be the guy that probably fits the Rockies the best. Well, I'll tell you, Fangrass have the Rockies pulling your hair out by drafting Khalil Watson, a shortstop out of Wake Forest High School in North Carolina. And they have Jackson Job, who you had picked at number eight. They have them going at number nine to the angels. There's a reason why I'm fascinated by the angels pick right now. They have the most exciting player in baseball and Mike Trout on their team. And (laughs) they're a team that should be the biggest show on earth. And instead they'll be lucky if they sniff contention to be the visiting team in the wild card game. And Mike Trout will have yet another year where he's playing golf when the wild card game is being played. And he's played in only three more postseason games than me. And Shohei Otani has played exactly as many as I have. So with the angels already with franchise players on them, they need to draft an ACE. They have to draft an ACE. That's what's the matter with this team is their pitching. Their starting pitching needs an ACE besides Otani. And so they have Jackson Job going Number nine, I would just, again, I know it's it's risky to say this and all the time, but wouldn't it behoove the Angels to draft a college pitcher, someone Absolutely. who could make the jump relatively fast to the major 100%. league level where they could contribute right away instead of have someone, oh, oh we'll see in five years while they waste away the, the prime of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Uh, you are preaching to the choir here, Sully, because I have these same, same thoughts. I mean, 
Mike Trout's going to be 30 years old soon. I mean, I think he's going to be play at a high level for, for a bit, but I mean, come on enough of this. You're holding him hostage. They, I loved the pick last year where they go with Reed Detmers, who in my opinion, I I've been lobbying that by the, the second half of the season, they might need to consider calling up Reed Detmers. Uh, he's been spectacular. He's had a 15 strikeout game and a 16 strikeout game. He was a college arm, super polished. That would fit that timeline. I think you got to do the same thing this year. And there's two guys that I could, you could go with there. There's Ty Madden from the University of Texas. I think he's a little bit further behind on the, on the progression of Sam Bachman of Miami of Ohio. And that's the guy that I think could actually be the pick because he's ready for a big league bullpen right now. I really think he could be this year's Garrett Crochet, where mm-hmm. he goes straight to their bullpen. And yes, you want a starter, but anybody that can get on the rubber and get outs for the angels this year helps them. Right. And he could be that swing man and develop, and then you can try and develop him in the big leagues. I don't know exactly how you do that. Crochet is already kind of pigeonholed in the bullpen. So that's a tough decision that they have to make, but I'm going, I'm going Bachman there because he's already got two pitches that are, that are elite. Uh, and I think when you have those two pitches, you can go straight into a bullpen. And while he does have some bullpen risk, I have interest in the idea of the angels just being able to slot a guy right in there. If they don't want to go that aggressive, then I think you go time at him. But if, if I'm going to go with who I think they take or who I would take in their position, I'm going to put Bachman there at number nine. All right. And we'll go for the final one. We're going to go in deep to, by the way, the uh, fan grass has Bachman going at number 11 to the Washington nationals and they have the angels picking Jackson Job, a high school pitcher out of Oklahoma. Okay. Last. Yeah. Okay. Last one. Uh, and then, and then we come back from break. We'll just quickly go down the, the, just rapid fire the other picks. Uh, number 10, another intriguing pick by a team. That's a big market club. That's contending right now. The Mets have the number 10 pick overall. Uh, what should they be doing? I think they go college bat and I think they go Matt McClain, Matt McClain from UCLA. He's a utility guy, not with the stigma of a utility guy. It's just because he can play anywhere. He can play the outfield. He can play the infield. I got to see a lot of him in the Cape. And what's interesting about McLean is he actually turned down $2 million as a high schooler from the D-backs and bet on himself to go pursue his dream at playing at UCLA. And it, it's going to work. He's going to make more than $2 million in his signing bonus this year. He's super high floor guy. Do I think he's going to be a perennial all-star? Probably not. But I think he's almost a sure thing as, as much of a sure thing as you're going to find in baseball to be a big leaguer, be an above average, big leaguer can play all over above average speed, above average power, good hit tool. And I think if you're the Mets and you get a guy like that, and again, they're a team that's trying to win now and they're going to lose some of their guys, right? They might not bring back Conforto. They can't pay all of them. Conforto, Nimmo, Davis, some of those guys are going to go. And having a guy like McLean that can be up there in two years, potentially maybe even less if he really hits, that seems like the pick for me at at number 10. Yeah. I mean, when you have a pick at number 10, like that, you can be really riskier. You can say, all right, we need a sure bet here. We don't, we're not looking for risk. What do we know is a safe bet? Because that could be something that helps the team may not be the the super franchise, but you're like, what? We're not pushing all in. We're going to be safe with this bet. And if you're going to be making any bets, go to bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You got baseball season in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, and info from your sporting needs, including the 
Major League Baseball season. You got the NBA Finals going on. You don't have hockey going on. Congratulations to the Lightning. You got UFC and MMA action. I bet you can bet on the Olympics. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. Promo code locked on. All right, let's go quickly down the final uh, first round picks you have. Let's just go rapid fire here, starting at number. I'll, uh, you tell me who you picked. I'll tell you who Fangrass picked, okay? Okay, number 11. I'm going Ty Madden. Ty Madden. Okay, this is number 11. Uh, I'll say Washington Nationals. You say Ty Madden. The Nats have Sam Bachman from University of Miami in Ohio. Okay, number 12, the Seattle Mariners. I think they go Gunnar Hogland. All right, Gunnar Hogland. Uh, Fangrass has the Mariners picking Sal Frelick from Boston College. Interesting. I think I think the Mariners they're so loaded in the outfield. Julio Rodriguez, Jared Kelnick. They they got to go with it. I think they go with an arm, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Thirteen, the Philadelphia Phillies. Benny Montgomery, outfielder, Redland High School, and just very interesting, but not a lot on him. So I just I'm hearing some things of Phillies and Montgomery. They like their high school outfielders. I like it. I like Benny Montgomery as a name in Philadelphia. That sounds like a Philadelphia dude. Uh, they have Gunnar Hogland going at number 13. Uh, in honor of my late father, the San Francisco Giants at number 14. Oh, I love it. Well, he's smiling down right now. They're playing ball. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've been enjoying watching those old men play. Uh, it's been awesome. But I, I think they go Sal Freelich. That's where Freelich mm. goes. They get their bat. And another guy, high floor, high probably probability big leaguer, a grinder. And I just think he fits that San Francisco Giants mentality and uh, fits the timeline too. All right. Well, I like that. I like a BC guy playing for my dad's team. Uh, the Fangrass has Ty Madden from Texas, pitcher from Texas going there. Uh, 15, Milwaukee Brewers. Left-handed pitcher Jordan Wicks from Kansas State University, probably the best southpaw in this draft. And interesting, Fangraphs has Jordan Wicks. Ooh, okay. there you go. Number 16, this Miami is where, Marlins. Marlins. As the Marlins guy, this is wishful thinking, but I'm hoping Harry Ford falls there. I gave you my Harry Ford spiel. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm hoping Harry Ford falls. Marlins need a catcher more than they need anything in the world, and they need a lot of things. And catcher, Harry Ford out of North Cobb High School. All right, Andrew Painter from Calvary Christian in Florida is their pick. I guess they yeah, want a local My game. rival high school. All right, uh, Cincy, Cincinnati Reds pick at number 17. Gavin Williams, right-handed pitcher, East Carolina, one of the most underrated arms in the draft. If they get him at 17, steal, and I think they do. All right, they have Benny Montgomery going there. Uh, 18, Cardinals. Ryan Cusick, right-handed pitcher, Wake Forest, grinder, good stuff, and people love the way he approaches the game. Uh, Another higher floor guy that can just get out. They have... Harry Ford going at number 18 to St. Louis. 19, Toronto or Buffalo? Uh, Toronto slash Buffalo slash Dunedin. Uh, they go Anthony Solamento, left-handed pitcher from Bishop Eustace High School. Uh, another interesting left-handed pitcher from a high school that has a lot of upside and uh, the Jays need arms too. So I think they go with one there. They have him picking a high school outfielder named Jay Allen. So 
Uh, Yankees, number 20. Bubba Chandler, just because wouldn't that be such a Yankees guy to draft, right? Yep. Bubba Chandler, right-handed pitcher and outfielder. So he, he could fall back on either uh, from North Sony High School. And I like him. The Yankees seem to love unique dudes like that. They drafted a catcher who could throw with both arms. Didn't work out well, Anthony Siegler. But I think Bubba Chandler is, is a good pick there for the Yanks. Uh, the Fangrass has Will Bednar, a right-handed pitcher from Mississippi State, going there. Okay, Cubbies, go number 21. Michael McGreevy, right-handed pitcher from UC Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fangrass has Anthony Salamento going there. If the Yankees have a chance to draft a guy named Anthony Salamento from New Jersey and they don't draft him, they're crazy. They won't be able to keep that uniform in stock. <laughs> you're, okay. not, you're not wrong at all. That, that is very true. They got to do it just for the jersey just sales. For the, just for the jersey sales. It doesn't matter. Okay, uh, the White Sox pick number 22. Will Taylor, outfielder, Dutch Forks High School guy can just hit. Mm-hmm. They have Colson Montgomery from Southridge, <laughs> Indiana. Uh, Cleveland's going 23. Colson Montgomery from Southridge, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, they got Chase Petty from New Jersey, right-handed pitcher. Uh, Atlanta Braves go 24. Trey Sweeney, third baseman slash shortstop from Eastern Illinois, just exploded onto the scene in 2021. Uh, mid-major guy, but just put up video game numbers that were just too good to ignore. Pick the same at Fangraph, Trey Sweeney. Yep. All right, Billy Bean and the A's are up at 25. Joshua Baez, outfielder, Dexter Southfield School. Maybe, uh, besides Brady House, some of the best raw power in the draft and just super toolsy guy. Got to see if he can hit enough, but the, the tools are too tantalizing to pass on at 25. All right. Well, they're picking Will Taylor, who has a football commitment at Clemson. Oh wow! I don't know. I, what I, the, I don't know what they're doing. Um, the Twins go at number twenty-six. I think they go with the most catcher name ever, Joe Mack, catcher from Williamsville East High School. Already one of those guys that you already know, which you're not going to be excited about if he's a backup catcher, but pretty much a guarantee to be a backup catcher. Worst case scenario, he's an elite defender and has an above average bat from what I think. So that's why I think he can end up being a really good big league catcher, but he has the fallback with his defense that you could be a backup worst case scenario. Fangrass has Joe Mack going there too. Uh, 27, the Padres. I hope I say this right. Frank Mazzicato, who is a left-handed pitcher out of East Catholic high school and another probably the best lefty high schooler in the draft. And the Padres, they're in a position here where you can go for upside, right? Like you've got all the talent. You've got a ton of good guys in your farm system too. Go for some upside and, and go for the – you can take a little bit of a, of a chance there. Uh, same with Fangraphs, Monsicato. 28. Oh 28, you got the Rays. Okay, Fangraphs has this one. I'll be I'll be shaken because this guy had some late helium in the year. College bat Matt Nelson, catcher from Florida State. I think that the Rays are going to surprise because this would be not a very on-brand Rays pick to go with a college bat. But the Rays, the question about Nelson is if he can stick behind the dish. Uh, the bat plays, and the Rays seem to believe in bats and don't really care about defense. They figure the rest out, and I think Matt Nelson's exactly that guy, and uh, he rakes. They have Ryan Cusick from Wake Forest. Okay, uh, and number 
29, the Dodgers, and I had to make sure there wasn't a mistake on the Fangraphs site. Yeah, no, it's because of that that whole, remember that that Astros thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I have the Dodgers taking Chase Petty, who has, you mentioned him earlier, throws harder than anybody in the draft. 102, not even kidding. 102 uh, with a nasty slider. I don't think he's going to be a starter, but the Dodgers are cool with with getting a guy that could potentially be uh, one of the best closers in the game. Well, if he continues on this progression, just ridiculously nasty with the slider, 102 on the fastball. Uh, another guy that even though he's a high schooler can really climb quickly with those two pitches. And the Dodgers love dudes like that. Oddly, they have picked Max Muncy, which I had to double check what the hell is going <laughs> on here. Although they already have Max Muncy, but apparently there's another Max Muncy who's a shortstop out of Thousand Oaks High School not far out of Los Angeles. So there you go. That's your mock first round picks. And now I'm lighting this consistent running two, count them, two podcasts in the Lockdown Podcast Network. Tell people where they can listen to you. Uh, so you can listen to me at Locked On MLB Prospects, Locked On Marlins. And also you can see the full mock draft at justbaseball.com, which I'm really excited to be able to launch and have that written work and everything over there. So if you want some more written analysis on the uh on the mock draft and much more coverage on everything prospect and MLB related, uh, justbaseball.com as well. All right. And check that out and check us out on the free and easy to use Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at locked on MLB pods. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully baseball on Twitter, Sully baseball podcast on Instagram, breaking down the drafts with Aaron Lighton. This has been locked on MLB for the ninth day of July, 2021. Have a great weekend, everyone. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.